greater faith. Thank you for tuning in to this special message from Sunday, October 8th, 2023 from Pastor Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. And we are going to begin reading with verse 36. I was reviewing some of the things that I've preached here since the first week of May, and uh, it appears to me, looking back, that Almost every single time I have stood behind this pulpit that the Lord has given me something brand new to preach to greater faith. Amen. And all this week I've been praying for direction and uh, all week long the Lord just kept bringing me back to something that I preached years ago. I've preached it in many places. And I just felt the Lord take me to these notes and he said, I want you to review these because there's some things in here that I'm going to highlight and show to you that I want you to speak on Sunday. And so what I'm preaching to you today is something that I have preached before, but there are things today that God has tailor fit this sermon for this day for this congregation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, and then I'll pray and let you be seated, and then we will go to Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 6 through 9. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 36. If you have it, say amen. amen. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Peter was establishing here in verse 36 that Jesus is God, that there is none beside him, that the man that they hung on the cross was not just a man, but that was the mighty God in Christ. He said, the very one that hung there, the one that bled, the one that died, the one that rose again three days later, this is not a trifecta, it is not a trinity, but he is the one. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. God was establishing, excuse me, Peter was establishing the oneness of God in this scripture. And uh, let's go down to the next verse, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? There ought to be a response when you recognize that the presence of God has been made clear to you. When you understand, and God has already made it abundantly clear today, beginning in the prayer room and pre-service prayer, that in this house today is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And his presence requires a response. They said, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here Peter was preaching and teaching to them what Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. When you realize that Jesus is God and you have a desire to spend eternity with him, there is something you must do. There is a response required. You must first repent. What does that mean? Brother Brandon, that means I'm done living in the flesh. I'm done just doing what I want to do, but I'm going to repent. That word repent is a military term. It means 180 degrees. When they shout to a soldier, repent, he stops walking this direction and he starts walking this direction. The Bible says repent. That means you're going to stop walking the direction you've been walking and you're going to start Start walking towards Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism literally means immersion. This is not talking about sprinkling water on your head. It's not talking about pouring a cup of water on your head. But the word baptismo in the Greek translates to immersion. When you are baptized, you are dipped in the water from your head to your feet and the name of Jesus Christ is pronounced over your life and when you come out of that water, every sin that you have ever committed has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ and his name is written upon your life. Hallelujah. And then he said, you shall. Everybody say shall. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That means God will not only allow you to feel his presence or feel his spirit, but he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, before he ascended on high, he said, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. He said, I want you to know that after my ascension, I am going to pour myself out on this earth and I am going to fill you with my spirit and you will know it because you'll begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance hallelujah Hallelujah. We watched it happen here on Friday night as Ralph was baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. And he lifted his hands and God instantly filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to tell you today that just like Brother Jerry said, and Brother Jerry was in the Holy Ghost. I woke up at 4.30 this morning with an image of fire in my mind. And the Lord said, there are some people that are playing with the fire of eternity. I have never once in my life preached about hell, but God instructed me today. He said, you need to remind them that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That fire is real and that glory is real. And where you spend eternity is your decision. And Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost. He was saying, if you want to go over on the glory and spend eternity with Jesus. You must repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful for your presence and your spirit in this place. Lord, let your word go forth with clarity, with anointing, with power. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap as you are seated. Faith kids, you are dismissed to go downstairs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. And we're going to begin to read at verse 6. Ezekiel 47, verses 6 through 9. And I'm going to walk us through these scriptures here. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? This is Jesus taking Ezekiel on a trip where he's getting ready to show him a vision. He said, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. He had to change his vantage point. Hallelujah. Mm. Let me tell you today, you cannot see spiritual things from a carnal vantage point. At some point in your journey with God, the Lord is going to challenge you and say, there is more I want to show you, but you've got to change your perspective. You've got to change your vantage point. You know, there's only one way to change your vantage point. You've got to move from where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord will challenge you to move. Praise God. Now when I had returned, behold, hallelujah, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. This was a place of life. This was a place of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country. And go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the, into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it came to pass that everything that liveth, say that's me, everything that moveth, say that should be me. With, that is you, Brother TJ, hallelujah. Whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live, whither the river cometh. Every place that river is given access receives healing, multiplication, and life. Healing, multiplication, and life. And I felt the pressure begin to build in that prayer room this morning. And I'll tell you what that pressure is. And I don't know how much on my notes I'm going to be today. But I'm telling you, I know what the Lord is trying to do in this house. And if you are feeling pressure, what you are feeling is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Pressing in upon your life. Saying, give me access. The exact place you don't want to allow the Holy Ghost to have jurisdiction in your life is the very place that the Holy Ghost needs to be. The very area of your mind, your thinking, your opinion, and your understanding that you do not want to allow the Holy Ghost to flow into is the very relationship, opinion, area that you need to allow the Holy Ghost to flow. And let me tell you something. You don't need to be afraid 
afraid of giving that flow access uh, because the Bible tells us right here in the book of Ezekiel, if you will give that river access in your life, uh, you will receive healing uh, and multiplication and life. Uh, everything the river touches shall be healed. Uh, God does not desire to hurt you. He wants to heal you. He does not want to rob you. He wants to multiply you. He does not want you to be dry and live in an existence where nothing is productive, but he wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your life. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Praise God. I've been serving the Lord a long time. And I have found that every time I'm hungry, how, how many of you, and you don't have to lift your hands, but how many of you are sincerely hungry to go to the next level with God? If you are wanting to go to the next level with God, let me tell you something. You're going to have to begin to open the doors of your life that you have previously kept shut. And God is going to say, if you will let me touch that relationship, if you'll let me touch that area of your life. Let me tell you what your flesh will do. Your flesh will convince you or try to convince you that if you allow God into that area of your life, that somehow you're going to miss out. That somehow you're going to lose out. But the exact opposite is true. I don't know why we listen to the devil and why we listen to our flesh. Because my heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. And the devil is the father of lies and there is no truth in him. So if my flesh is talking or my adversary is talking, I know deception is in the works. But when the word of God is speaking to to me uh, and saying hey let me deal with that level of understanding uh, let me minister to that need uh, let me flow into that area of your life uh, I know that God is wanting to release healing multiplication and uh, life mm. praise God praise God praise God on Thursday night in prayer meeting we were closing out, and I just felt in the Holy Ghost that Brother TJ had a word in his spirit, and God absolutely gave him a word. He lifted his voice, and he said, we cannot allow the flow to stop. We cannot allow the flow to stop. There have been rivers, Brother Jerry, that have stood in the way of development where they were trying to develop an area. Brother Dwight, there's only one way to move a river. You got to dump a whole bunch of earth in that river to divert the flow of that river. Let me tell you something. When the adversary of your life begins to see the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. Do you know what he wants to do? He wants to rile up that flesh. He wants to stop it. He wants to divert it. Mm. 
So you know what he does? He starts whispering to your flesh. Mm. Whispering to your flesh. If he can get your flesh riled up. If he can get your flesh to rear up. He knows it's just a matter of time. What are we? We are earthen vessels, right? If he can get enough earth in that river, he knows it's just a matter of time before that flow is diverted in another direction. I don't know about you, but I don't want any part of me to be a hindrance to the flow of the Holy Ghost here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. I don't want my mindset, my understanding, my opinions, or my proclivities to stand in the way of what God is doing here at Greater Faith. I have made a decision. God, you have complete access in my life. You can speak into any area of my life. You can speak into any relationship in my life. God, there are no locked doors or dams, God, that are going to block the flow of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want the flow to go wherever it wants to go in my life. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost. Genesis chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says, But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. How many of you know you were formed from dust? How many of you know you were also formed from water? Mm -hmm. And what is water symbolic of in the scripture? It's symbolic of the spirit. Mm, hallelujah. You are flesh and you are spirit. And just like if you don't eat, you will become weak. If you do not allow a replenishing of the Holy Ghost in your life on a regular basis, guess what happens? You become weak and the earth grows and the water diminishes. But the Bible instructs us in the book of Romans that we are to be led of the spirit, that we are to walk in the spirit. So what does that mean I got to do? That means I've got to be refilled, full and overflowing with the gift of the Holy Ghost every single day. The Bible says, ah, hallelujah. Uh, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I can't trust, Brother TJ, I can't trust my flesh. My flesh will trick me. My flesh will deceive me. My flesh will lie to me. Right? We've already said the verse once. What does it say? Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. I had somebody ask me just recently. Somebody came up to me and they said, you know, the Lord had dealt with me about this at one time. And, and I felt like God said, hey, I, I want you to cut this out of your life and add this to your life. And they said, but, you know, I was just, I was thinking, what if I do this? It's not exactly that. And they said, what do you think God thinks about that? And I said, well, I said, were you confident that the Lord spoke to you to cut it out of your life? And they said, yes. I said, and where did this new narrative come from I said did the Lord speak that to you and they said well and that was all I needed to hear 
I said, let me tell you what's happening. I said, when you don't know what to do, go back to the last thing that God said. Because forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. He is a God that changes not. Hallelujah. Sometimes we invite that earth and that disruption of the flow in our own life when we begin to negotiate with God. And we say, God, is there a workaround? Is there a compromise? Is there a way I can keep my conscience? Hallelujah. From feeling convicted but still somehow marginally obey what you spoke to me. You know what you get when you mix earth and water? You get flesh. You get muddy water. You get clay. You get flesh. I don't think you're hearing it yet. When I try to mix my carnality with the spirit and think these two things can coexist, you know what I do? I invite corruption into my thinking, corruption into my actions. And then you know what happens? You fast forward a little bit of time in your life and all of a sudden you start feeling frustrated because you feel like God's not keeping his end of the bargain. Mm. Ah. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure God is coming through. And God is saying, hey, I spoke to you weeks ago about this issue in your life. But you've just compromised and negotiated. Mm, hallelujah. Well, what are you trying to say, Pat? Is, is living for God just a list of do's and don'ts? Oh, no. And if you were here Wednesday, you would know that. Or if you listened Wednesday, you would know that. You know why? Because every time God releases a new directive into your life, what is he doing? He's inviting you into a greater measure of love relationship with him. He loves you enough to say, hey, there is more of me I want to give to you. And if you'll make some more room in your life, I want to release more of my spirit, more of my truth, more of the ministry of my love into your life to speak to you and minister to you. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise God. Is everybody with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 7 and verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. We was driving in the car the other day and we was enjoying the beautiful new scenery of where we live. Amen. And my kids asked me a great question. They said, you know, what is the difference between a hill and a mountain? I said, well, that's a great question. And they said, you know, I don't really know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. I know that's a mountain, and I know that's a hill. Hallelujah. What is the difference between a stream and a river? Hallelujah. They're both flows of water. They both have some life in there. But you know the difference when you see it. 
Hallelujah. And the Bible said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Friend of mine, God did not intend for you to walk in a stream of the Spirit, but he designed you to have a river, a river, something with a current that has force and strength and life. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, when I look at a stream and a river, there is an unseen force that is very different in a stream and a river. And this is how the Holy Ghost works in your life. And woo, hallelujah. And this is how you will know if you got a stream or a river. I can stand in a stream, and that stream won't move me. But if I wade into a river, that current is so strong that it is going to move me. My flesh cannot resist the force of the power of the river. But my flesh can stand in a stream. It can enjoy the current. It can look at the wildlife. It can examine the scenery. But when I step into a river, that river's gonna move me. That river, the force of that river, it's gonna change my location. It's gonna change where I end up. It is gonna carry me in the current and the force of that river. Ah. Well, how do I know if I'm in a stream or a river? Are you the same you were last week? Ah. I know. You didn't think it was a toe-stomping day. (laughs) But when you look on your life last week, last month... Are you in the same place you were with God a month ago? Because if you were, I will challenge you today. That you might just be standing in a stream. And God is saying, I have a river that I want you to wade out into. Because I'm planning to change your location. I'm planning to change your destination. I'm planning to change you. I want you to step into a force that is so strong that it has the power to move you. It can move your mindset. It can move your opinion. It can move your perspective. It can change your vantage point. It can rearrange your priorities. What is that? That's the power of the river of the Holy Ghost. We went on vacation one time when I was a kid, and we went down to Tennessee, and my parents had rented this log cabin or chalet or something like that, and there was a small river behind there, and up by the banks, you know, it was kind of shallow, so you could wade out in there, but I remember I was only, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 years old. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. That Oh, I can reach there so I can step out there. And I remember I went out there, 
And about 30 seconds later, I was holding on to a rock, trying not to wash down the river until somebody bigger came out and heard my screams and pulled me out. What happened? That current snuck up on me. Let me tell you what will happen when you're full of the Holy Ghost. That current will overtake you, and you may never even see it coming. All of a sudden, things in your life begin to change. You start to feel differently about things. You start to view things differently. What's happening? You're encountering the power of the current of the Holy Ghost. That river ought to be able to sweep you off your feet and take you any place that that flow wants to take you. I'm not putting anything in the flow in my life uh, that will inhibit the trajectory uh, and the flow of the river of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me to 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. Praise God. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city or this place is pleasant. Everybody say it's pleasant. He said, look around, prophet. He said, you can tell things are nice. Things are good. Our situation is pleasant. That word pleasant means good, excellent, agreeable, prosperous, right. Those all sound like good things, right? So look around, it's pleasant as my Lord seeth. But I want you to pay attention to that last line. He said, but the water is not, and the ground is barren. We all want our life to be pleasant. Don't make me uncomfortable, Brother TJ. Don't you push in on me and impinge on my comfort zone. I got things just the way I want them, Brother Jerry. Don't, don't you mess with my situation. It's pleasant. I've worked a long time to get things exactly how I like them. Don't move in here and disrupt my comfort zone and cause chaos in my personal orbit. Look around, Elisha. The situation is pleasant, but the water is not, and the ground is barren. Mm. You can have pleasantness and not have a flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. You can have things exactly the way you like them. You can have a country club church. Anybody ever been to a country club church? You know what that is? That's a membership church. It's where you show up and you give. This is unspoken. You show up and you give and nobody messes with you. We're only going to preach what's unoffensive. We're only going to encourage. And if there's any truth in that book that might just impinge on your comfort zone... We're going to leave that alone because you're a member. We're going to make it real pleasant so nobody's uncomfortable. Let me tell you something, friend. You better watch out 
for pleasant places that declare to profess the truth. Because this word, Brother Carlos, it's confrontational. It's not conversational. The Bible says that the word divides what is right and what is wrong. And this word will walk into your life and say, this is good and this is not good. This is right and this is not right. Keep doing this. Stop doing this. Invite God here and remove this out of your life. This truth is looking for jurisdiction in the life of every believer and it's not so it can lord over you or oppress you or weigh you down this word is not a taskmaster it's a liberator he who the son has set free is free indeed this truth will set you free it'll change your bondage for life and life more abundantly Brother Cox, you've been here a long time, haven't you? I love you, sir. Do you know what the first thing that book of Acts says in Acts chapter 2? What's the first thing it says we're supposed to do to be saved? Repent. Repent. Right? Repent. That's it. Baptize in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was number one? Repent. Let me tell you something. Repentance is not just confession. See, the Bible says, you guys are like, man, what happened to this guy? He decided to be a pastor today. Hmm. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, right? Is that what the Bible says? Right? Woo, hallelujah. But Brandon, sometimes we reduce repentance to confession. Because huh. I can ask God to forgive me, but know full well I have no intention of changing. But the Bible says be not deceived. God is not mocked. Mm. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If I keep asking God to forgive me, but I have no intention of changing what God is leading me to change in my life, I have put myself in a place where I am in opposition to the promises of God being released in my life. Because I keep asking for forgiveness, but I keep sowing to the flesh. I keep reaching for the spirit, but I keep giving my carnality jurisdiction to do what it wants in my life. Church, we have got to get to a place where we are willing to say, God, I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to walk away from the lust and the desires of this flesh. I'm ready to give my whole mind and whole heart to you, Jesus. I love each and every one of you, but I'm not playing games today. I've never woken up, in all the years of my preaching, I've never woken up with a vision of hellfire, ever. And I've been preaching for a long time. But I'm telling you here today, God already confirmed the word. 
There is an eternity in the balance in this room today. And there are people under the sound of my voice that you've been flirting with sin. And I'm telling you right now, God's mercy is impinging upon me today and constraining to me to preach the truth to you today. I'm... I'm speaking the truth in love. You've got to let go of the lusts and affections of this flesh. And you've got to say yes to Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own Soul. Ah. That's what, that's a perfect picture of carnal Christianity. I want the world and I want the water. I want to do what my flesh wants, but I want to feel goosebumps on Sunday. Hmm. Let me pay my little 10% membership fee and then just leave me alone. Oh no, my friend, not this pastor because I love you too much. I care about you too much. Let me tell you something. If the devil's going to take you to hell, he's going to step over me to do it. If your flesh is going to drag you to a grave, he's going to step over me to do it. I love you too much to leave you in your comfort zone. I'm impinging upon you today. Let the flow have jurisdiction in your life. Verse 20, and he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him, and he went forth unto the spring of the waters. He went to the source, and he cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. What can we pull from that? It's possible to have a polluted flow. In your life. Mm. The water was moving, but it was flowing into death. And he said, bring me a cruise of salt. And he said, take me to the source. Mm. Point your finger at yourself today. Say, I'm the source. If you have the Holy Ghost, you are the source. And if you will study out salt in the scripture, salt is symbolic for purification. He went to the source of the water and he said, I'm going to purify where this water is coming from. I'm going to purify the source of the flow of water. I'm going to read to you. What the Lord put in my spirit this morning. I made these notes just just after 5 a.m. today. We live in a world that wants to numb the pain. Purifying is sometimes painful. It can be uncomfortable. It is by nature confrontational. When we are presented with truth, 
We make a choice to receive it or challenge it. If you receive it, you allow it to bring forth change in your life. But if you reject it, you will begin to resent the truth and everything and everyone that is attached to the truth. That is why when people leave the church, if you have a conversation with them, what spews out of their river? Bitterness, resentment, anger. Well, they offended me. They said this. They said that. Well, the church did this. The church did that. What happened? They were confronted with truth. And they said, that's as far as I want the flow to go in my life. I know this is heavy today. But the Lord is compelling and constraining upon me to preach what I'm preaching to you today because we keep hitting a perimeter, a border. You've been here before. Where you are right now as a church, this is not new. You have not yet stepped into new territory. It's been a long time since you've been here, but you're in territory you've been in before. But I didn't come to this city to pastor this church to just regain old territory. We came to destroy the borders of yesterday and to take new territory in Jesus' name. We've come to make an impact in our city, to have revival in our families, to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this region, and to see healing in the land. I want this flow to go wherever you go. I want you to take this flow with you everywhere you go. Because guess what? We can buy all the sound equipment we want. We can buy new chairs. We can build a new building. We can make it as pleasant as we want. But pleasantness is not a changing agent. Pleasantness is not going to heal anybody that walks up to this altar for healing or deliverance in their life. Pleasantness isn't going to change them. Pleasantness isn't going to deliver the drug addict. Pleasantness isn't going to heal cancer. Pleasantness isn't going to heal blindness. Pleasant isn't going to heal deafness. Pleasantness isn't going to heal diabetes. Pleasantness isn't going to heal arthritis. But you know what will, Zach? The flow will. The flow will bring healing. The flow can heal cancer. The flow can heal arthritis. The flow can heal Alzheimer's. The flow can heal... Everything that the water touches shall be healed. There must be a flow of the Holy Ghost in this place. We need healing waters in this house. Ah. Tell you something, Brandon. You got a flow in your life. 
You have a flow in your life. When I talk to you, I'm edified every time I talk to you. I'm encouraged even in casual conversation. You know why? It's not your charming personality and you are charming. But it's because I'm touching the river every time I talk to you. Let me tell you something. Every time somebody talks to you, they ought to walk away feeling hope. They ought to walk away feeling encouraged. They ought to walk away feeling edified. They ought to walk away feeling like, hey, anything can happen uh, when I touch uh, that rip. Praise God. Mm. When you allow the salt, the truth, the purification process in your life, you know what happens? That river is healed. Mm. And now everything you touch starts to receive healing. Everything you speak into begins to feel the effects of the power of the change of the river. We need a river of the Holy Ghost flowing in our life, church. We need it in our homes. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you stand with me today? If you're not careful, pleasantness can tend to barrenness. Ah, Hallelujah. We must allow the Lord jurisdiction in our life Ah, so we can follow the flow. Of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise God. How many of you can feel the flow here today? Mm. When we're quiet and I encourage a response from you, do you know why I do that? It's not because I need a cheerleader. I don't have any cheerleaders at home, Brother Rusty. Nobody's cheering me on. Hallelujah. When I tell my kids to do their chores, they are not like, yeah. You know why I encourage a response from you? Because that river flows from right here. When you open your mouth and you say, yes, amen. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You are stirring up the gift. You're releasing that flow. That's why I don't believe in quiet church, Brother Dwight. Brother Dwight, that's why I love you. But you can't put a lid on Brother Dwight's river. It'll, he'll become a pressure cooker, and he'll blow that lid right off. Why, why is Brother Dwight so vocal? It's not his personality. He's got a river and you know what? He tends to that river all the time. I show up here at church, and you know what Brother Dwight's doing? He's walking around praying. He's praying his list, what he's doing. Woo! You know what he's doing? He's putting his root system in the river. That's why the Bible says, plant yourself. He said, Ezekiel, let me change your vantage point. And here it is, Brother Jim. <laughs> so many times we come to the house of God, and we want to feel that river, Brooke. 
We want to come in. We want to touch that water. We want that water to minister to us, right? But then we want to go home and just do what we want to do. But the Bible says you've got to plant yourself by the river. See, if you can get that root system, Tyler... Come on, you went down in the water in Jesus' name. And pretty soon, it's just a matter of time, bro, before that river is going to flow up out of you. And you're going to begin to speak with other tongues. And let me tell you something. When you get a root system in the river, the Bible says the leaf doesn't wither. Color doesn't fade. And you're always producing. When you got a root system in the river, it doesn't matter how the season in your life changes because your life's coming from the water, not from the environment. And so you stay healthy. So yeah, storms are going to come. Seasons are going to change. Circumstances will be different. But if your root system is in the river, you're still going to be productive and God is still going to move in your life. Hallelujah. Come on, would you lift your hands and your voices right now if you receive that word? Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.